Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. All hands on deck in D.C. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle trying to avoid a nationwide rail strike next week that could halt the economy. Twitter owner Elon Musk soon revealing internal files on the company's suppression of free speech. He says the public deserves to know what really happened. And hackers are exploiting a popular TikTok challenge to get personal financial information. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. Big news from Twitter owner Elon Musk. He says he'll soon reveal internal documents from Twitter about its suppression of free speech. The documents could relate to the Hunter Biden laptop story. Yesterday, Musk tweeted the Twitter files on free speech suppression soon to be published on Twitter itself. He says the public deserves to know what really happened. This could mean we'll soon know more about Twitter's censorship of the New York Post's Hunter Biden laptop story. Last week, Musk tweeted that it's necessary to make the internal discussions about censoring the story public in order to restore trust in the platform. It's not just about the laptop story. Musk later tweeted, this is a battle for the future of civilization. If free speech is lost even in America, tyranny is all that lies ahead. And Twitter has also stopped enforcing its COVID-19 misleading information policy. The company said the policy was introduced to curb the spread of harmful misinformation about the virus. It resulted in nearly 100,000 pieces of content being cut from the platform. More than 11,000 accounts were suspended. Many have criticized the policy for flagging factual tweets about the virus as misinformation. And because of the complaints in August, Twitter did remove a number of warning labels from tweets and restored accounts. Twitter has denied any bias in its actions, saying it was following content moderation policies. And fashion firm Balenciaga is suing the people who produced its own advertisements for $25 million. This is happening as Balenciaga is facing strong public backlash in response to two of its ad campaigns. And just a heads up, some viewers might find this material disturbing. This is the ad campaign Balenciaga is suing production company North Six over. It shows a handbag on a desk that's covered in legal documents. The documents are from a Supreme Court case involving child pornography. The other ad campaign involves photos of very, very young children. They're holding stuffed bears that are wearing sexualized clothing. The CEO of pop culture PR, Darren Schuster, says Balenciaga is known for its controversial guerrilla marketing campaigns. This is a strategy where companies use unconventional means to promote their products and services. He says this ad, though, went too far because it sexualizes children. This really is a story about the intersection of high fashion, uh, celebrity, uh, social media firestorm, and uh, references to child pornography. And this is, this is what's making the fuel uh, for um, this media firestorm. And uh, this really lies at the heart of, of the controversy. Balenciaga is owned by French conglomerate Caring. This is the same company that owns mega brands like Gucci and Yves Saint Laurent. Schuster believes that because the conglomerate is so big, the decision to air these ads probably wasn't made lightly. The VP of advertising agency RGA, Lucien Ettori, says Balenciaga intentionally courts controversy to get more people talking about its brand. 
but he says what it did here is clearly a mistake. Someone in PR should have said, oh, wait a minute, before this goes out, we should check. Everyone is responsible. Everyone at Balenciaga, everyone at that brand failed. Not just the marketing team, but at every level. People on social media called the ads horrifying, creepy, and even demonic. Kelsey Kidner is senior VP at Red Banyan, an international crisis firm. She's also a mother herself, and as a mother, she finds the ads disgusting and offensive. As a crisis specialist, she says it's good strategy that Balenciaga withdrew the ads and formally apologized. This is a company that has not shied away from being a lightning rod. In fact, they seem to seek it out at times. This company has sent down models down the runway in garbage bags made of leather. They've sold sneakers that are nearly destroyed for almost $2,000. So they're always pushing the envelope. And this time, obviously, things, things went way, way too far. But even though Balenciaga is facing currently a PR nightmare, a professional marketer says how it deals with the crisis also matters. Unfortunately, bad press can also in time be good press because the way you come back from falling is almost like what we like as a public. We want to see you come back from being at the very bottom and how you bounce back and what you do and what you learn. You know, people respect that. A Balenciaga spokesperson has said it will stop selling the plush bear bags featured in the campaign. And moving on, hackers have found a way to take advantage of a TikTok challenge and users' curiosity as well. A new scam uses malware disguised as a program to make the invisible visible. NTD's Shar Marshall has more. Hackers are taking advantage of TikTok's trending invisible body challenge to spread malware that can steal passwords and credit card details. The challenge encourages users to film themselves naked and then use TikTok's invisible body filter to replace their body with a blurry background. Some hackers are taking advantage of this TikTok challenge in the following way. They create videos in which they claim to offer a special unfilter to remove the blurry background and expose the naked bodies of TikTokers, something that could also possibly be used to blackmail people. However, this software filter is a scam and actually installs Wasp Stealer malware on your computer. This malware has the ability to steal Discord account credentials, passwords, credit card information, crypto wallets, and even personal files. And just if you look under the hashtag under uh, invisible filter, there's, there's over 27 million views and that just keeps growing. Cybersecurity expert Scott Schober. What they're doing is cyber criminals are preying upon people's fear, people's innocence and curiosity and hoping that they download this particular thing to remove a filter to see if it's actually true or not. We've heard similar ideas before, but Senator Marco Rubio and Congressman Mike Gallagher announced new legislation that would ban TikTok. They state that the app poses a major threat to national security and that users are effectively handing over their personal information to the Chinese Communist Party. So when you download TikTok, you kind of carte blanche give away and say, hey, I give you permission to have access to everything on my phone. What, who I'm calling, who's in my contacts, what did I type in my browser, what credentials did I put in, what are in my notes. All of those things, you allow them to go on there and take off. So even if it's not TikTok, it's a third-party app developer or a partner with TikTok that oftentimes can have access to those things. And if all that wasn't bad enough, 
Has anyone stopped to think about the odd possibility of Chinese servers storing images of underage users' bodies for future reference? Sean Marshall, NTD News. And on to Wall Street. Stocks closed mixed today. The Dow rose three points, mostly unchanged. S&P lost six points, or two-tenths of a percent. NASDAQ fell 66 points, or six-tenths of a percent. And consumer confidence in the nation's economy has dipped this month. The conference board's consumer confidence index dropped two points in November when compared to the month before. Economists were already expecting to measure at around 100. Now it's at 100.2. The index is at its lowest level since July when gas prices spiked and inflation worsened. And U.S. single-family home prices slowed further in September as higher mortgage rates eroded demand. Closely watched surveys showed today. The Case-Shiller National Home Price Index dropped 0.8% month-over-month in September. It's the first three-month decline since 2018. And year-over-year, home prices slowed in September. The housing market has been hammered by aggressive Fed rate hikes aimed at curbing high inflation. Sales of previously owned homes have been declining for nine months as mortgage rates remain historically high. Tight supply, however, will likely keep a floor under home prices. Although housing prices are coming down, they're still pretty high. The federal government said today it'll start backing bigger loans, as big as $1 million. But this is only in certain expensive markets like California and New York. This kind of government backing typically offers lower borrowing costs and smaller down payments. And Congress will schedule a vote tomorrow on laws to avoid a nationwide railroad strike. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said today after a meeting with President Biden. Lawmakers and the White House are trying to avoid a crippling rail strike next week. Biden earlier brokered a deal between rail operators and unions, but some unions rejected the deal. He has urged Congress to step in and impose a deal between railroads and workers. Today, House Speaker Pelosi said they will bring that agreement to the House floor tomorrow. She said the stakes are high. I don't like going against the ability of of, a unions to strike, but weighing the equities, we must avoid a strike. uh, Jobs will be lost, even union jobs will be lost, water will not be safe, product will not be going to market. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said it's unfortunate that Congress has to pass a law to solve this, but he does think the bill will pass. This was something that was celebrated by this administration, that it was fixed. And now, right before a holiday season, right when farmers need to ship their goods and others, we have to rush something to the floor. Four out of the 12 unions that represent freight rail workers have voted down the proposal. They're demanding more paid sick time and don't want rail carriers to penalize workers for taking time off. One union leader also blames inflation and says the wage increase in the tentative deal may not be able to keep up. Uh, This particular 24% compounded that you reference in the first three years, we're not keeping up with inflation. And currently, we don't know what 2023 and 2024's inflation will look like. So we could be ahead by a little bit, but we could also be behind the inflation curve uh, at the end of this agreement. More than 400 business groups have also urged Congress to act. They warned the impacts of a potential rail strike could be felt from as early as next Monday. And moving on to China, anti-lockdown protests there are starting to subside as Chinese police have started targeting participants of the weekend's mass demonstrations. 
It suggests the surveillance state is kicking into full gear in response to the country's biggest display of civil disobedience in decades. Police officers patrolled streets in Beijing and other Chinese cities on Monday night to prevent a repeat of the weekend's demonstrations. And according to reports, the exact same place where protests took place in Beijing is now completely quiet. Two protesters told Reuters that callers identifying themselves as police asked them to report to a police station on Tuesday with written accounts of their activities on Sunday night. Another person who witnessed the Beijing protest and declined to be identified said, We are all desperately deleting our chat histories. Meanwhile, in Shanghai, police are seen taking random people's phones on the subway and checking them. It seems the protests have yet to have an impact on the Chinese regime's zero-COVID policy. Ai Weiwei, the Chinese dissident whose activist art has made him Beijing's biggest known critic, said the COVID protests will not shake the Chinese regime. At a Tuesday briefing, China's health commission was asked if the authorities would reconsider its zero-COVID policy. A spokesperson told reporters that the regime is constantly fine-tuning its COVID prevention measures. Another health official suggested complaints over the regime's COVID controls were directed at local officials' inflexible implementation rather than the approach itself. The country of 1.4 billion people has spent nearly three years living with some of the strictest COVID curves in the world. This even as most other countries have tried to coexist with the virus. China is the only country that insists on eradicating COVID-19. This even after the Omicron variant, which emerged late last year, makes the virus less deadly, more transmissible, and harder to eradicate. It raises the question of whether the costs of the zero-COVID measures have outweighed the risks posed by the virus itself. The U.S. Embassy in China is asking U.S. citizens living there to stock up on supplies. It issued the statement yesterday. It could signal that Chinese lockdowns are about to intensify amid the recent protests. Now Western leaders are voicing their support for the Chinese people. NTD's Jessica Beatty has more. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken voiced support Tuesday for peaceful Chinese protesters. Blinken said, we support the right of people everywhere to peacefully protest, to make known their views, their concerns and their frustrations. Blinken's comments come after discontent with the Chinese regime's strict lockdowns ignited anti-government protests across China over the weekend. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is also voicing support. He sent a message to the Chinese people Monday. In it, he recalled meeting with Chinese dissidents during his time as Secretary of State. For me, those conversations were reminders. Reminders that Americans must always stand with freedom-loving people everywhere around the world. They need us. Pompeo told Fox the Chinese Communist Party does not represent the Chinese people who just want a little more freedom. He said he's worried CCP leader Xi Jinping will use force and brutality to quell the uprisings. Meanwhile, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak Monday said Britain's approach to China needs to evolve. Now let's be clear, the so-called golden era is over, along with the naive idea that trade would automatically lead to social and political reform. Sunak said Beijing is consciously competing for global influence using all the levers of state power. We recognize China poses a systemic challenge to our values and interests. A challenge that grows more acute as it moves towards even greater authoritarianism. 
Sunak's referring to Beijing's suppression of Chinese protests and the arrest and beating of a BBC journalist. The European Broadcasting Union Monday said it strongly condemns aggression towards its member journalists in China. The statement comes after a China correspondent for Swiss broadcaster RTS was briefly detained while reporting live from a protest in Shanghai. BBC journalist Edward Lawrence was also arrested by police in Shanghai Sunday night. The EBU said other journalists were threatened and some were prevented from going on air or filming. It said that's unacceptable and marks a new low. Jessica Beatty, NTD News. And Volkswagen's CEO says EV battery plants in the EU as of now are practically unviable. That's because of soaring energy costs. The loss of Russian energy exports has devastated Europe and Germany in particular. Europe's largest economy has seen its industrial output tumble due to high energy prices. The Biden administration's Inflation Reduction Act has exacerbated Europe's economic crisis. The new climate and tax law aims to boost domestic production of electric cars in the, in the U.S., also intends to reduce reliance on foreign countries like China for battery components and materials. EU officials complain that the subsidies and restrictions hurt European companies. They also argue the legislation violates World Trade Organization rules by discriminating against non-American companies. We're going to take a short break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, the IRS raising awareness about holiday shopping scams, warning taxpayers to protect their personal information. And McDonald's offering a chance to get a free food for life card. How do you enter to win? That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. The IRS is reminding taxpayers to focus on protecting their sensitive information from identity thieves. The agency says the holiday shopping season is a prime opportunity for thieves who want your personal financial information. That info could potentially end up on a fraudulent tax return. The agency points to the rise of texting scams like so-called smishing schemes. This is when scammers send text messages pretending to be reputable companies to try to get you to reveal private information. They say shoppers should be on the lookout for these scams to avoid them. A South Florida woman is boiling mad over her mac and cheese. Amanda Ramirez is filing a $5 million lawsuit against Kraft Heinz Foods. She says the companies claim that Velveeta's microwavable shells and cheese is ready within three and a half minutes is misleading. Ramirez says Kraft doesn't take into account the time it takes to remove the lid, sauce, adding water, and then stirring. According to court documents, Ramirez says Kraft should be, quote, ordered to seize its deceptive advertising. In addition to the $5 million, Ramirez also wants punitive damages to be awarded. Attorneys for Kraft call this lawsuit frivolous, and they say they will defend the company against the allegations. And McDonald's is offering a chance at what's called a McGold card, also known as Free McDonald's for Life. 
From December 5th to the 25th, each purchase of at least a dollar on the McDonald's app gets you an entry in the drawing to win one. Three winners will get the card, and each winner will get three extra cards to give away for a total of 12 winning cards. Though it's not exactly free McDonald's for life, it's, it's actually two free meals a week for 50 years. The McGold card has been around for years, with some big-name celebrities reportedly holding them, including Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and actor Rob Lowe. In 2018, McDonald's said the prize was valued at more than $52,000. Not a McDonald's fan? How about unlimited popcorn? People in Thailand are taking full advantage of an all-you-can-eat popcorn deal. A local cinema challenged customers to come up with quirky container ideas. It's only charging $5.60 per person. Customers showed up with steel vats, cardboard boxes, and plastic bins to fill popcorn with. Here's one of them. I'm planning to enjoy the popcorn with my friends tonight while watching football because my friend recommended it. That's why I came. The cinema said they prepared about 63,000 pounds of popcorn. For what could have been the price of a ticket to the movies, customers also got bottomless soda refills. The hope is it will help quench the thirst from eating all that salty popcorn. And a beloved Japanese candy eaten for generations is so iconic it even appeared in a hit anime film. But it's being discontinued as prices for raw materials and energy surge. NTD's Andrew Thomas has more on the revered sweets. Tokyo-based Saku Maseka Co. has announced that it would go out of business in January. The company's tragic demise is due to rising production costs, a labor shortage, and a drop in sales of its main product, Sakuma's Drops. The discontinuation of its trademark candy through Japan into mourning. I think that Sakuma's Drops going out of business is sad news for young people and for children in Japan. When I was a child, I used to eat them too. I used to eat them with my family. Thinking that those memories will no longer exist from now on makes me feel sad. The hard, colorful fruit drops sold in a red steel can come in eight flavors such as lemon and strawberry. The company said it hadn't raised the price of the product in years. The future of Saku Maseka's 100 or so employees remains uncertain. This is the main product of that candy maker. They have other candies too, but once the drops became famous, it became their main product. When it doesn't sell well, the company is bound to disappear. Many Japanese firms remain hesitant to raise prices at all out of fear of losing customers. Established in 1908, Saku Maseka produced the candy through the air raids of World War II and inspired anime giant Studio Ghibli to immortalize it in its 1988 film, Grave of the Fireflies. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. And that's all the stories we have today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter, too. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at NTD.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.